This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the guys host an all-football special, including a guest appearance by co-worker Colby Marchio. We get into a fantasy football out-of-the-box draft, as well as getting into our expectations uh, from the NFL this year. We get into our final Power 5 breakdowns with the SEC and the Big Ten, as well as breakdowns of our favorite teams, the Tennessee Titans and Volunteers, as well as the Michigan Wolverines and the Detroit Lions. We give you our second-to-last NFL Power Rankings grouping, as well as jumping into our college football playoff picks and a preview of this weekend's college football matchups. Welcome back to a special all-football edition of the Dylan and Dylan Show presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Dylan Jesperson here, excited to get into a jam-packed show full of all the football we could fit into one episode. With me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today? I like that, esteemed. That's a new one. Uh, I've, I've been better, I'm not going to lie. I like coming in with a sports history fact. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nut about that. I love all the sports history. There wasn't much today. Um, and to pile onto that last week, I sat here and said, the St. Louis Cardinals are coming for the Padres. They're coming for the Cincinnati Reds. Since then, I think I've cursed them. They're two and four and they were playing the Pirates and your Tigers who are not the best teams in the world. Um, last night had a huge lead, blew it. Um, and I guess that's okay. Uh, cause football's coming up and I'm going to feel a lot better about sports and won't have to watch the Cardinals every day, I guess. But yeah, I've been better. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That Cardinals Tigers series was a fun series to watch. And I know that the they might be two of the you know less competitive teams in the in their divisions, the central uh, on both sides, both leagues. But uh if we could like override it and say, all right, these are just the teams that are gonna play the World Series because they play the most exciting baseball when they're on the field, then I would be all for that. Uh, and I think you would be all for that too. Uh, joining us today is one of our newest co-workers at the Tunnel Vision Sports team. We've got Colby Marcio with us. Colby, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. This has been the first time I've actually had to do like a news-esque podcast in quite some time. So this is making my whole Friday. So happy Friday to me and you guys. So excited to have you on today quick reminder to hit that follow button on spotify and apple Podcasts for the tunnel vision sports network that way you never miss an episode of any of our fine shows the football season is officially just one day away as college football returns with their week zero games so today we're coming at you with all the football that you and we can handle 
Uh, leading off, of course, is with, with another out-of-the-box fantasy draft that is going to be a bit different this week. We're going to be filling five categories with players and coaches from the current NFL. So the categories are quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense, and coach, similar to a regular fantasy draft for fantasy football. And we'll try to get a team to stack up our best lineups heading into the season. It'll be a bit different. We'll add Colby into the mix so we can get three teams and three of us to pick from. So should be an interesting draft for sure. Uh, Dylan, do you have the coin ready for us so we can uh, get the, the order started? Yeah, I've got a nickel. Um, I say let's let Colby go first and we'll – We'll flip the coin. What are you thinking? Heads or tails? Always going with tails. Tails never fail. All right. Oh, that's heads. Wow. I finally uh, lost one. You lost. I, I like heads. Um, I'll take third. Take third? All right. So we'll get third pick. So we'll get Colby going first, uh, me going second, and Dylan going third. We got snake draft uh, rules, Colby. So uh, keep that in mind. But you can go ahead uh, with your first pick, whoever you want. Uh, no rules. Go ahead, Colby. Uh, first overall pick, it's got, it's gotta be CMC, Christian McCaffrey. He's basically a wide receiver too. If you don't have any other good wide receivers, I gotta go. I gotta go with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, very solid pick indeed. Definitely on my running backs list. Uh, so I'll have to make sure I don't pick him when it comes up, but I'm going to go with the, you know, I'm going to stay in the running back too, uh, actually. And I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, from Minnesota, and the, what what I wrote down about Delvin Cook is if I was going into Madden and I was making like a a running back career mode, uh, Delvin Cook is like the prototype running back I would make because he can just do everything. He's got power, he's got speed, he's got big playability, short yard ability, uh, can catch it out of the build, uh, backfield and and make you look silly. So uh, three thousand over three thousand career rushing yards, over a thousand. Uh, receiving yards, 36 total TDs in his career. Uh, I'll take Dalvin at my running back one spot. I'll throw it to Dylan for his two picks. Um, So I've got two picks back-to-back, and the first pick is a no-brainer for me. I'm going with the guy. I've got his jersey on. Going with King Henry. Got to. Uh, He's the best running back in the league in my mind. Yeah, he might not be able to do what Dalvin and uh, CMC do where they catch out the backfield and stuff, but Derrick Henry is a bulldozer. He'll run over every defense in the league just like he did last year. He's going to have 17 games this year compared to 16 last year where he ran for 2,000 yards. Um, I expect another 2,000-yard performance, and he's my favorite player, so it's just stacks and stacks. I get the best player in the league. I'm very happy with that in pick three. Uh, With pick four, I'm going to go receiver. And I'm going to stay in Nashville. I'm going to go with the newest guy in Nashville, Julio Jones. Um, I, I There was another guy I thought about, but with all the buzz around Julio, he gets to enter that offense with Derrick Henry and uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's one of the best of all time. Had to go with Julio. Um, so, yeah, Julio and King Henry. You know, I, I had a feeling that both of those guys were going to be on your list, so I didn't even put them on my list. So I'm happy with you taking those guys, number one and number two overall. Uh I'm going to stick with the wide receiver group. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill and basically because I think he's the most versatile guy in the league, not named Mahomes, and he's Mahomes' teammate. Uh, you know, he's the fastest man in the league for sure, deep threat on every play, and underrated route runner. I think uh, he's one of the best route runners in the league. And wide receiver one, uh, Tyreek, if I'm not going to get a, a guy like Julio, I'll take a guy like Tyreek Hill for sure. Uh, Colby, I'll throw it to you. You've got two picks in a row. You guys are just sleeping on the greatest or the best wide receiver in the league right now. You're just sleeping on the guy. Best hands in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, come on. 
the nuke. The guy, a man who has put up consistent numbers with crappy quarterbacks. People don't talk about him enough, and it drives me nuts. All right, so nuke, and then so I get two wide receivers, right? No, just one at one at each position. Okay, okay. Um, 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 um. Then we'll go with the best uh, tight end in the league, Kelsey. All right, that works. Uh, Travis Kelsey, solid pick. Uh, for my pick, I'm going to – I will swing – I'm going to get my coach out of the way first, actually. I'm going to get uh, – you know, it, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, they're just too easy. I'm going with John Harbaugh as my coach, and this is my reason. He's only had one losing season in the last 13 seasons – uh, as a Michigan fan, uh, if I could pick between Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, I would pick John Harbaugh to re- lead Michigan right now. So I think he's the, the level-headed, better version of Jim Harbaugh in my mind. So I would take that every day. Uh, I think Andy Reid and uh, Bill Belichick are just two easy picks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take John Harbaugh as my coach, and I'll throw it to Dylan for his two picks. So I have two picks, and I'm going to pick the best quarterback in the NFL. And I would love to say he's in Nashville, but he's not. Uh, he's in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's he's the man. Uh, absolutely love Patty. He, it's a shame he's going to lose to the Titans a couple times this year, but that's just how it is. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. And then I think I'm going to get a head coach too. And I'm going to go with Mike Vrabel because I, I told you before the show, I'm fired up about the Tennessee Titans. I want as many Titans on this team as I possibly can. So I, I'm going with Braves as my head coach. He's a he's just a football guy, and he's gonna he's gonna have these guys ready to go. He gets everybody fired up. He already knows King Henry and uh, Julio. He can get down with uh, Patty, no problem. Is this a fantasy team, or is he just picking? Well, so <laughs> I got Mahomes. <laughs> so the way that we decide this at the end is that we we put it on social media, and then there and our listeners vote on who drafted the best team. So it. it it can be really whatever the listeners think it is. If it's a fantasy, if they think it's a fantasy team or just like a team that, that runs it out, you know, we're just, we're just going for votes really. I was just messing with Mr. Holt since this whole team says, Hey, <laughs> I really like the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is perfect. That is perfect. All right. For my pick, I'm going to get a quarterback off the board first or go off the board here. Uh, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is about to have a really special season in green Bay. I think, Obviously, with all the stuff that's going on in the offseason, he's lined up for him and Devontae Adams to have really solid seasons. And I, I think there's going to be a 30 for 30 made on this last little bit with Aaron Rodgers. And I think the story only gets better with a, like another MVP caliber season. And that's what I'm expecting from Aaron Rodgers this year. So throw it to Coley for another pick. Uh, I'm going to go defense. And I obviously have to go with the Bucks because it's the Bucks that – that defense is just all around chef's kiss. And then for my next pick, I'm trying to decipher, do I go to quarterback or do I go coach? And then, the, and the, you know what? I'm going to go quarterback. And I'm going to go with the dark horse in my mind this season, Justin Herbert. I don't think he's going to have a sophomore slump. They've built the line. They got him the – what's his name from Northwestern? Can't think of his name right now. and. I, last year was just amazing. I thought he was going to be some bust. And then I was like, oh, he shut me up real quick. So we're going to go Justin Herbert. 
I love that pick. I'm really high on the Chargers this year, and I'm, I'm thinking Justin Herbert's going to be a lot like Josh Allen last year where people are sleeping on him, and he's all of a sudden just going to have a great year. So I love that pick. I'm going to get my defense out of the way, and I think I will go with the L.A. Rams. Uh, you know, they have two of the best defensive players in two of the best categories. Aaron Donald's probably the best overall player, definitely the best defensive lineman, and I still think Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the league. So, uh, And then you still got Jordan Fuller at safety, which is pretty, somewhat underrated when you've got Jalen Ramsey. So very solid secondary, I think solid overall. Uh, can't go wrong with the Rams. Throw it back to Dylan. So I believe I have two picks left. I might be wrong, but I believe I have a tight end and some defense. Um, with defense, I'm going to go with the Washington football team. We talked about it two weeks ago or whatever it was. I love that defense. They're all young. They they play football so hard. And Chase Young is so dadgum good at the game of football. Um, we talked about watching preseason football before we started recording. Chase Young, that first game against the Patriots, it was like the first snap. And he was all up in Cam Newton's grill like it was week seven. And he was just firing on full gears. It was really, really fun to watch. That defense is awesome. I wish it was the Titans defense, uh, but it's not. They, they get to hang out in the NFC East and uh, wreak havoc for years to come. Uh, as far as tight end, I am going to go with – I don't know if he's going to have a great year. He had a great Super Bowl, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. He's just a ton of fun. I, I want him on my team. It'd be fun. I, I don't know. It's, it's Gronk. It, that's basically my whole explanation is I have Gronk and I got the Washington football team defense. Throw it to you, Dylan. Yeah, uh, I saved my tight end for last and I, it was pretty easy to do so because I, I felt like no one was going to snatch up TJ Hawkinson from me. Uh, but I, I mean, I take a, I'll take TJ Hawkinson on my team. Yeah, the, the best thing about TJ Hawkinson, and if you're drafting him for your fantasy team, uh, I, like I said before the show started, the Lions have zero receivers. We are, we're going to throw out some Juco receivers. So TJ Hawkinson is going to be basically the only target for Jared Goff this year. So I'm expecting big things from TJ Hawkinson this year. Not from the Lions, but uh, I'll take TJ on my team. Uh, throw it to Colby for his last pick. All right, drum roll for the head coach. He was already mentioned. It was supposed to be this easy pick. But, like, hey, if it's so easy, I'm going to take Andy Reid because, one, Whoever's my quarterback, I could have picked anybody from the list of quarterbacks that are in the NFL. And Andy Reid would be like, oh, you know what? We'll just rearrange this uh, playbook and we'll form it to your style. I could have had Jalen Hurts. I could have had Kyler Murray. And we still would have been fine with the rest of the guys because Andy Reid is a genius. That man is a genius. And that is all I'll say. All right. Awesome stuff. I love that. I, obviously, I said it was an easy pick, but there's any reason it was an easy pick. because It's a great pick. So uh, awesome stuff, guys. I'm really excited to see how that poll plays out. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned to our social media pages. Uh, before we say goodbye to Colby, we wanted to give him the floor to discuss his thoughts on his team's upcoming season, as well as just his general thoughts on the upcoming year of football. So Colby, the floor is yours. What do you got for us? So I got a lot of questions for you guys, because obviously I want to discuss this. Um... But first, I want to ask you guys, why do you think the Eagles are getting so much hate? Because I feel like they're going to have a, not a great, not a great season, but like an eight and eight season. They're, they're like, I think in the mid twenties ranking wise. And I still feel like one Jalen Hurts is going to show up and lead this team to be something that we won't, would, wouldn't expect. Um, I know the defense isn't all that, but I feel like the offense is good enough to make them go eight and eight. What do you guys think? So. 
I am an Eagles hater. I'll admit it. Um, my my best friend Reed, I hope you're listening, is a huge Eagles fan. Spent four years of college watching the Eagles with Reed almost every Sunday. Seeing where they were a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl and they were doing great things with old Doug Peaty and Philly uh, to where they were last year, that is a huge drop off. And I don't know if it's just talent going in and out of the door or what it is, but it just really seems like Doug lost the locker room at some point. Um, I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts guy, admittedly. Being a guy that watches SEC football and being a guy that hates Alabama with every bit of my fan heart, it, it I just I see Jalen Hurts. I'm like he's the guy that held Alabama back a little bit for a little while, and then Tua came in and they exploded. Um, but Jalen Hurts is not a bad quarterback at all. I don't know. I just I think they lack in personnel department. Uh, when when you look at other teams and then you look at the Eagles, um, and that division's weird because I like most of the teams in that division, but they're not good. Uh, if the Cowboys are healthy, they will be good. Uh, Washington's got great defense, and New York is is who knows. But, uh, yeah, Philly's weird, and I think that's why a lot of people don't know what to do about them. And that, that's just my opinion, though. It's Philly. And they could be 8-8, eight eight, like you said, or they could go 0-17. Who knows? It'll be fun. The fans will be upset no matter what. And uh, I look forward to it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they're like one of those franchises where it's just you're right. It's hard to put their finger on. They're so weird because, you know, I, I do. I, I'm higher on Jalen Hurts than Dylan is. But uh, I think, you know, there's there's problems on the defense. But I think the on the field stuff is a little bit different. I think it's more, you know, are we sure with Doug Peterson as our head coach? It sounds like they're not. You know, it sounds like they're moving in one direction and moving on forward, but also putting a team on the field that's going to win. And I usually think, you know, when the coaching staff and the general managers are somewhat at odds with each other, those are the teams that usually collapse pretty quickly. Um, and and like you said, the NFC East is really weird. I, I think Washington might be even better this year, but I also think the Cowboys are really, really good. Uh, so it, it, it's – and the Eagles are just tough to put your finger on. So when you've got a, a division that's so up and down like that, you got two teams that I think are definitely better than them. It's tough to put them, you know, much higher than – you know, the 20 range is where, you know, I think that's a solid spot for him. No, I, I feel you guys on all that, but Mr. Holt, you, I get what you're saying about the quarterbacks in the sec, like Tua. I'm, I'm a little skeptical with Tua because there's no such thing as a great Alabama quarterback in the NFL. Like, uh, excuse me, where are they? Joe Namath. He's uh, the most overrated yeah. quarterback ever. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, we talked about this before we started recording about how there's so much, there's so many fun teams to watch this year. I was going to ask you, who's probably the worst team you're the most excited to watch this year? Ooh, probably Washington. I'm really fired up about Washington. I wouldn't say they're bad though. Yeah, it's true. It's a, playoff, could be a playoff team. team. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they're, I think they're getting better too. I think the, you know, the defense is really solid. Yeah. And you, like I said, when we did the preseason stuff, if you get, if you give Fitz Magic the the chance to do it, I'm going to be on your your side. So, uh, like it's it's easy to root for them with Fitz Magic uh, running the show. Would Arizona be considered bad? No, they didn't make no, the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. No, yeah, yeah. No, they have been my dark horse the past two seasons. I was like, I agree, oh, you, yeah, you, you got to get on the. First of all, last year they had so much young talent on defense with Isaiah Simmons and everybody else. Everybody else, They're, that defense is going to be so lethal and like on paper you could arguably say it's one of the best teams in the nfl just on paper wise like obviously performance is different but on paper that offense is disgusting people forget that the cardinals also have uh james or what's his name connor from the steelers 
James Conner. James Conner, yeah. That that's a backup running back. Like, <laughs> that's a great backup running back. Oh, they're so, they're gonna be so I'll, fun to watch. Yeah, Arizona is gonna be loaded. I'll give you one that I'm excited to watch that might not be the best, and it's spawning off in an announcement today. The New Orleans Saints. I think a lot of people wrote them <laughs> off because Drew Brees is gone. But Jameis Winston taking taking the reins. I don't know. They'll be fun to watch. They might not be good. It might be a lot of interceptions and not touchdowns. But he got eye surgery. He got yeah. his eye surgery. He can Lace see it. signs now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about time. Uh, if I had to pick, probably like the Jaguars. I'm I'm excited just to see what Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence look like as like a unit. I think it's going to be really interesting, regardless of which way it goes, positive or negative. Um, and you know, it, it it's tough after that. You know, I think the Dolphins are interesting. I I, I definitely think I'm going to be watching the Dolphins a lot. Uh, and then obviously, you know, I'm a fan of the Lions, and they're I think they're the worst team in football this year. So I'll, I'll be watching a ton of that. I'm not I'm not sure that they fit in the fun category of, <laughs> that, but probably not. <laughs> At least they, they certainly will be bad. At least you're not the Texans. Texans. <laughs> least, yeah. I've got I've got another big cat team. You talked about the Jaguars. There's another big cat out in Carolina, the Panthers. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I like Matt Rule. I like Robbie Anderson. I like the receivers, all they have. And then Sam Darnold. I've been a Sam Darnold guy since he was at SC. I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I'm interested. I love that take. I tell people all the time, like, Sam Darnold did not get it. He did, he had chances, but the team sucked. What do you want him and to do? Adam Gase. Buddy. That guy doesn't even <laughs> blink. Yeah, that's a rough, rough look. He's not a bad quarterback. He's yeah. He'll do. He, he throws like Mahomes as passes sometimes, but <laughs> but he'll do the no look and no one will say a word. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I've been. We we agreed when we when we talked about the when we talked about them in the preseason and stuff as well. I think uh, with those quarterbacks, especially those young quarterbacks that are taken so high, you've got to give them at least one change of scenery and one different coaching staff to, before you write them off, because all of it, all it takes is one, the right system around them. And we know how bad the jets have been for so long. So, uh, it's hard to hold that against him. So you give Sam Darnold another chance. I think he's going to thrive in Carolina. I actually do. You say that. And then my favorite football team is the bears. And we had Mitch for a few years who wasn't Nagy's quarterback. And now Nagy went and got his man, Justin Fields. And now I got to deal with Andy Dalton for a few weeks. But I have the hottest take with the Bears. I don't mind Andy Dalton. I don't mind him in the sense that, hey, let's tank this whole season and build around Justin. I just don't want to listen to Bears media on Twitter, wherever I'm listening to sports about the Bears. I don't want to hear the narrative the entire season. Should we, do you think Justin's going to get in this week? You think week five, six, seven, eight? No. You know what I want Nagy to do? I want him to get on national television, say he's sitting Justin the entire season, and we're going to play with Andy, and that's going to be it. Then I don't have to hear about, oh, we should put in Justin Fields this week. No. You either put him in now or you put him in next season. Put him in now. I wouldn't I, mind that. I would yeah. not mind that. Yeah, you've got – they would be very Bears-esque to, to, to see that. Like, immediately you, you get a couple games of Andy Dalton losing, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, should we play Justin? Should we just play – it's like, no. 
you, you pick one. If you're if you're an NFL franchise, you you sh- you should have this figured out before you even draft the guy. What you're going to do with him in the next season? Because you've got to have a plan for these. Are we going to rebuild or are we going to compete? And if you're going to compete, you throw Justin out there. If you're going to rebuild, you throw Andy Dalton out there and lose a bunch of games because that's the easiest way to go for it. I think. You know, watching the Lions for as long as I have, you know, we're a franchise that does that all the time. It's like, well, should we compete? Should we go for the second wild card spot? And it's like, what does that? What good does that do you? Like, what good does it do you drafting in the middle of the draft every year? Get you a little bit more money, more money at the end of the year. <laughs> you got an extra game. But like, like you said, the quarterback thing. I think I don't know why this brought up was brought up in my head but do you guys remember when washington drafted rg3 in the first round then the second round was Kirk cousins yep vividly what was the point of that i'm I'm not to go off track yeah but but what was your plan like oh i mean he is a pretty electrifying quarterback that won heisman maybe he'll break his leg but we got a backup (laughs) we got Kirk cousins from michigan state it's all good we got two basement hey Two, two better than one. Dan Snyder's philosophy, I guess. Made no sense. Uh, and, you know, Kirk Cousins was at Michigan State for so long. I knew he was going to be, like, at least, like, a solid NFL backup when he was at Michigan State. You know, he had the tools, the versatility to be, you know, in the NFL. Definitely never had, like, second round written all over him. So, like, it didn't even make sense from, like, a talent perspective. Like, like RG3, obviously, you know, he's a he's a first-round talent. Go get him. But, like, then you waste a second round. You probably could have gotten Kirk Cousins third or fourth round. Like you didn't really need to use that second round pick on you Kirk Cousins. Built around Cousins. that offensive line and kept RG 3s legs safe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, oh, I just. But they did. I also just think Kirk Cousins just how the hell is he still playing? Like no, like you're like you're saying you watched him at Michigan State. You're like he's not gonna last. Enough. That's ten years now. I'm pretty sure it's ten years. I you know he just is one of those dudes that refuses like he's almost like the anti Fitz magic in my sense where it's like, he just refuses to go away. You know, he will never win. He'll never actually do anything impressive, but he, no team, there's always going to be a team around 31, 32. That's like, well, we don't actually have a quarterback, but Kirk cousins is there, you know, at least like, you know, he's serviceable. I, he, he's just, you know, the 32nd best quarterback in the league. I think, you know, he's never going to be bad enough to, you know, deserve a backup role, but he's never going to be good enough to be like a, you know, anything better than bottom of the league. I have a little Kirk Cousins fact check. I I did a little Google search, good old Kirk Cousins draft. Uh, Kirk Cousins was drafted in the year of our Lord, 2012. He was selected with the seventh pick of the fourth round, uh, the 102nd overall pick. I thought it was a second. I, I thought it was too. This is one of those Mandela effects. That's um, definitely I don't think a this Mandela. Is real. That's definitely yeah. a Mandela. But it's saying 102nd overall, Kirk Cousins. I'm pretty, I don't, sure, I'm pretty sure that lived rent free in my mind for a good 10 years. There's no yeah. way. I do not recall that. And you agreed. So, like, yeah, oh. we all did. I didn't bat an eye. I thought that happened too. <laughs> <laughs> 2012 was a weird year, though. Everybody thought the world was ending. I was in high school. Weird year, weird year. Now, I don't mean to get toxic, but, like, hey, I like getting toxic with football takes. Um, Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. 
I think that would be an interesting conversation between me and Dylan because we've got a Michigan and Tennessee fans here. So we've had our little Tom Brady, Peyton Manning kind of go in and go out of the conversation. But I, I, I think he's the GOAT, no doubt. Here's my take. Let me ask you with this. Let me form this into a question again. If you're going to draft an all-time team, who's the quarterback you're taking first? Like skill-wise, no matter what, it's just a quarterback. Who are you taking? I, I would take Michael Vick. <laughs> that's not a bad take. That, that's not. I mean, I think that's who I would take. But if it's Peyton or Tom, I'd take uh, Peyton because I'm loyal. and But I know Tom's better. I mean, if you're just so. saying quarterback, if you're saying, like, put everything into it, I think I'm probably taking Aaron Rodgers. But like, th- That's the answer. Okay. That's the correct – it's between Peyton and Aaron. I hate Tom Brady with a burning passion. I don't think it's biased because I give up good uh, good uh, thought statistics, process behind – Yeah, statistics yeah. between my – for my reasoning behind it. One – team sport that's the easiest answer two you're telling me if aaron Rodgers was on belichick's team they wouldn't have about 10 rings good point also how many top five defenses did tom brady have his entire career versus peyton manning or aaron Rodgers? or how many receivers did i don't have receivers because peyton manning had a ton and he had Rogers really good had- ones yeah Peyton never had a running back until really he had Edgar well, James Edgar yeah. James beginning of his career. <laughs> Other than that, he never had a running game. Yeah, Joseph Adai was pretty good when they won the Super Bowl. He was they pretty good. They also had the thirty second rushing defense that season. Oh, yeah, thirty second. They still won the Super Bowl. Worked out for them. They, they got. I, I'm on your side, but yeah. Yeah, I think you know the <laughs> the Tom Brady, you know the 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 goat conversation is so weird to have because it's like are you are you talking about his legacy or are you talking about him just purely as a football player because I think we all you know if you're drafting a team if you're starting number one overall and you got to restart with one of the quarterbacks that have ever played you get them in their prime I think Aaron Rodgers is easily the first one off the board the talent level is just out, out of this world but you know the the conversation around the GOAT surrounds so much around legacy and what you've done in your career you know the individual awards plus the team awards that you win and it it all gets combined into this like in in enigmatic thing that's just out there you're not even like describing you're just describing like this thing that you want a player to be uh and then I think Tom Brady just ends up like checking all those boxes because he's got the MVPs he's got the Super Bowls uh he's done it with good teams he's done it with you know average teams I don't think he's really ever been on a bad team but no and what drives me nuts about the year the 2020 season is how much slandering Bill got and like oh look at Tom like Tom's just taking care of the Bucks wrong the (laughs) Bucks took care of themselves they just got themselves a quarterback that knows oh let me look in the middle for a middle linebacker before I chuck this up the middle. No, they could have had Derek Carr as their quarterback. And they'd have been like, wow, the books are really good. The defense was so good in 2019 that nobody said anything. It was under the radar. That team has so many wide receivers. They have two great running backs now. Like, I this is how I describe Tom. High IQ, high football IQ, extremely lucky. Yep. I think a lot of people forget what you said about the 2019 Bucks. That defense was incredible. And they were just like, well, Tom's joining the Buccaneers. They suck. Like, what are you talking about? 
Jameis Winston threw like 75 interceptions. 32 and 32. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only reason they didn't make the playoffs. Like that team was good. And you throw in Tom Brady with Bruce Arians, who's one of the best coaches probably ever. Sexiest hat game in the world. Yeah. No (laughs) doubt in my mind. Duh, that's going to be successful. And they walk to a Super Bowl. I, and the Tom's Patriots incredible. were out half their team. Yeah. And right. now they went and added a bunch of people, and they'll probably be good again. Oh, my Lord. It drove me nuts. Oh, uh, Bill, uh, Bill really needs Tom. If that was, if Tom was on that team, you'd be talking about, is he retiring this year? Yeah. Oh, God. They didn't have anything. They were pretty bad. Nikhil Harry was like wide receiver one. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> he he's not good. He can't make he can't get separation for his life. Yeah, he's not good. He was good at Arizona State. The highlights, anyways. It's, <laughs> it's hard to be bad in highlights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you got anything else, Colby, before we let you go here today? I got my toxic debate out of the way. I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Colby. If you want, let the listeners know where we can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at C underscore M-A-R-C-H-I-O-2. You can find me on Instagram at 3Colby. That's C-O-L-B-Y. And then if you want to listen to my podcast, it's the Women in Sports Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm, I'm a double intern, so... Um, it's a podcast about women in sports. It's not X's and O's. It's just me literally talking about nothing for an hour with a girl that plays a sport. <laughs> Support women athletes. Awesome stuff, Colby. We'll be sure to be checking that out. Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, we will talk to you very soon, my man. Sweet. Let me know if you ever need me to come on again. Absolutely. See you guys. We will move- See ya. We will move on now with our final college football breakdowns as we have saved the best for last. Uh, my favorite team, the Michigan Wolverines, resides in the Big Ten. Dylan's Tennessee Volunteer reside in the ever-growing SEC. And it's time we gave you our thoughts on how these conferences are going to play out. So I th- figured we'd start in the Big Ten, where Ohio State has reigned supreme for as far as anyone can remember at this point. Uh, should be some teams that make it interesting this year, but still uh, probably Ohio State's to lose. Dylan, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten this year? Um, I have two thoughts. O-H-I-O. I think it belongs to Ohio State and the Buckeyes. I, I know that probably drives you crazy, but uh, I think they're just reloading. I think they're they're going to still be really good. Uh, Olave from uh, Ohio State, the receiver, I love him. Chris Olave, he is fantastic, and he's going to take good care of CJ, that's, uh, CJ Strode that's going to take uh, snaps this year for him. I, I think – once again, it's going to be going through Columbus. I, I think that's the very, very easy answer. But when you look at the other side of the conference, I think that's a little more up in the air. I think it's probably going to be Wisconsin or Iowa. I like Wisconsin. Uh, Graham Mertz, he seems like he's, he's got potential to be really good. And maybe he can kind of be the chosen one that can take down Ohio State and uh, kind of make everybody in the else, else in the Big Ten happy. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I think it's Ohio State's conference. Um, obviously, you're more well-versed with the Big Ten, but uh, I, I've got Ohio State and Wisconsin probably meeting the Big Ten Championship, Ohio State walking away with it, probably not losing the game this year. Uh, but that, that's how I see it going. What do you think about the Big Ten and uh, how it's going to go this year? Yeah, I, I might be well-versed in the Big Ten, but I'm going to echo a lot of what you said. You know, it is Ohio State's conference, and as a Michigan fan, I know it far too well. You know, they've out-recruited us and out-recruited basically everyone in the Big Ten for maybe like eight years straight, and they're just bursting with talent, um, you know, 
CJ Strode is like, it's interesting because it's the first time Ohio state's really gone into a season with a, with a quarterback controversy that wasn't like a, you know, who is the better five-star player to start at quarterback this year? Uh, so it, it's at least interesting from that perspective, but you know, I'm not too worried because like you said, guys like Chris Olave are going to make playing the quarterback position so much easier. Uh, I think Olave is the favorite to win big 10 player of the year. Uh, certainly some dudes that can compete though. Like you said, Graham Mertz, uh, at Wisconsin, I think is bound for a great sophomore season. Uh, Ty Freifogel at Indiana is really fun to watch. Uh, he's probably Indiana's version of Chris Olave and, uh, Michael Penix Jr. At Indiana actually might be the best quarterback in the league this year. Uh, so interesting to watch. And that, that's when I, what I put down as my team to watch, uh, Indiana is going to be really interesting this year. And I think, uh, they're going to win actually some big games this year and actually move forward. Uh, they've been building and building under their time under Tom Allen, and it's, it's going to come to fruition this year. I love Michael Penix jr. I love Fry Fogel. Uh, I think they're going to have a really solid offense, but again, it's Ohio state's conference to lose. I don't see any big 10 team really competing them with, with them this year. Uh, I think they'll basically waltz into the playoffs pretty easily. So we'll move on to the SEC, the most talented conference, a bunch of teams I would not want to see on my schedule, but in the end, it might come down to two teams, maybe three teams up there at the top of the conference. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on your own SEC? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of turnover in the SEC this year. Um, Cause I mean, you've got all these stars that are gone. Mac Jones is out at Alabama. Kyle Trask is gone. Kellen Mond. I mean, you've got all the transfers from Tennessee, which most people don't really care about. I do, of course, but uh, it's a lot of turnover. Um, a lot of uh, there's just going to be a lot of new faces all over the league. Bryce Young is obviously the one a lot of people are talking about stepping into that quarterback position in Alabama. But it's going to be interesting to see how that team reacts. I, it reminds me a lot of when Tua was taken over in uh, Tuscaloosa. But Bryce might even be more talented than Tua because we've known about Bryce since he was like a sophomore at Matter Day out in California, just tearing it up. So I obviously expect Alabama to just do what they do, what they've done for the last decade and a half, whatever it is, and run through the SEC West. Because beyond Alabama, man, the SEC West doesn't look great. Uh, LSU doesn't look that great. Auburn, there's a lot of question marks with a new head coach. Um, Ole Miss is going to be fun with Lane Kiffin and all their fun athletes, but they're not going to be very good. Mississippi State is also going to be fun with Mike Leach, but for many reasons, probably not on the field. Um, but the SUS probably going to belong to Alabama yet again. AM will probably make it interesting because they're going to win a bunch of games, but Alabama will do what Alabama does and they'll roll through the West and make it to the SEC championship. The SEC East, on the other hand, I think might just be as good as the West this year. They're, they don't have Alabama, obviously, but Georgia's really, really solid. And they kind of have the inverse of Alabama, where Alabama has a young freshman quarterback in Bryce Young. Georgia's got JT Daniels, who has a ton of experience because uh, he has all that experience at USC. And then came in late last year and made Georgia look really, really good after their offense looked kind of kind of bad uh, early on in the season. So I, I think Georgia's kind of the team to beat in the East, which is what I'm echoing what a lot of people have already said. Georgia, Georgia's been the kind of favorite for years. I think Florida's going to maybe have a drop-off. And my, my, my team to watch, which pains me, but uh, I think it's going to be Kentucky. I think Kentucky can make some noise. They, they, Mark Stoops does a really, really good job. He, he's recruited a really good team that just plays hard football for him. And uh, I think they're going to surprise people. I think that they're not going to win the SEC East. I'm not saying that at all because Georgia's just better. 
But I, I think they very well could beat Florida, and they're going to – I think they'll be able to ra- uh, rack up some wins and maybe finish second in the East and because they just have a good defense, a good offensive line. Cavassier Smoke might have the best name in college football, the running back for Kentucky. And I hate how he doesn't get just the ball every play. And it might just be when I turn on Kentucky and they give him the ball, it seems like he gets 20 yards each time. He's just electric. And I wanted to give Cavassi a shout-out because he's awesome. I'd like to see him have a breakout year for Kentucky. But, yeah, um, I think it's going to be Georgia and Alabama. And so I can kind of go against the norm. I'm going to take Georgia over Alabama in the SEC championship. I'm going to go with the the um, – experience over maybe the young, maybe better players. I'm going to go with JT Daniels in Georgia, uh, dethroning Alabama and giving us a break from Alabama for a year maybe. Probably won't happen, but uh, I'm going to go with it. So, yeah, Georgia over Bama. What do you think about the South- Southeastern Conference? Yeah, interesting stuff there. I mean, I, I, I'm i going to echo a lot of what you said too. The, the, the thing I'm most focused on is that, that matchup between Bryce Young and JT Daniels because I think – it's clear that Alabama and Georgia are the best players or best teams in the conference. So the the inter- the most interesting thing to me is that that battle at quarterback. You've got JT Daniels, who's the more experienced passer, but Bryce Young is maybe that next great Bama QB. I think probably the highest rated Bama quarterback we've ever seen really taking the field at this point. Um, so I think that's what's on my mind going into the year, you know, like you said, the SEC is very interesting. I like Texas A&M this year. I think they are going to be pretty good, but you know, you're in Alabama side of the, the conference that, that kind of hurts a little bit. So um, I think it's going to be Alabama, Georgia uh, and credit to Alabama. You know, I Alabama gets a lot of credit, so I know they don't need it, but you know, when you lose Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, I mean, the list just goes on and on. And we're still, you know, they're obviously the number one team in the country and still probably the best team by far uh, in the SEC. It just shows you how good that team is. We're not going to, we really aren't going to see another college football dynasty like this ever again. So enjoy it while we have it. Uh, I think my favorite SEC player is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Uh, and he's just like what I expect from an A&M running back, just solid at everything that he does, borderline elite. And I think, honestly, he might be the best running back in the country this year. I think he's going to take a jump this year and probably lead the the, uh, the nation in rushing for a, a solid amount of time. And I, I really like Isaiah Spiller. But I'm going to do the smart thing. I'll take the Alabama. You know, there's – the Saban and Bama just reload. And, you know, uh, I think if you're going to watch one player from Alabama, uh, Bryce Young obviously is the one getting all the the headlines, but John Mechie is the next future all pro Bama wideout and maybe the best one that we've seen in a long time. So we're going to be very interested to see how he and that Alabama offense plays out this year with Bryce Young and uh, a little bit of new look. Obviously they're, they're replacing Steve Sarkeesian OC as well. So going to be interesting to see what Alabama does there but that will wrap up the power five conferences now on to some more personal stuff as Dylan and I wanted to get dig into our expectations for our football teams this year uh Dylan will give you his thoughts on his Tennessee Titans and volunteer seasons and I'll be giving you guys a breakdown of the Lions and Wolverines uh upcoming seasons so Dylan start wherever you'd like to give us your thoughts on your teams this year I reckon what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the balls and I'll throw it to you from Michigan and then we'll do some NFL talk. We'll keep, we'll keep them, uh, keep them together, the college and the NFL. So I'm going to start with the sad stuff because the Tennessee volunteers, man, it's going to be 
a season, no doubt about it, they are going to play football this year. I don't know how good of football that's going to be, but we'll, we'll find out in less than a week because they start uh, next Thursday against Bowling Green State uh, at Neyland Stadium. Um, we were talking about before we started recording, this is like the least excited I've been for Tennessee volunteer football in my life. Uh, and I just, with all the things that happened uh, last year, at the end of last year, with how Jeremy Pruitt got fired and all the allegations against the program and having star players transferred, Eric Gray going to Oklahoma, Henry Toa going to Alabama, um, Jared Garantano heading to Washington State, JT Shroud going to Colorado, and the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, it just it, it hurts the program. It hurts morale. Uh, so it, morale's kind of at an all-time low in Knoxville. A lot of people aren't really looking forward to it, but going to try to get excited, try to get some of the people listening excited. Um, there are a few things that kind of can get you going because uh, Tennessee fans know we have Harrison Bailey in the quarterback room, was a highly, highly touted quarterback out of high school in Georgia, chose Tennessee over Michigan and Georgia, uh, and he had flashes last year as a freshman, and he, he could really be the guy that helps lead Tennessee back um, another guy is a guy you're very familiar with, Joe Milton, who since he's got to Knoxville, people have just been salivating over him because of just he passes the eye test. When he throws a football, it, he looks like an NFL player. But as anyone that's paid attention to Michigan or Joe knows, he has these flashes, but he's also he's Joe Milton. So if he can if he can make that Joe Milton connotation a good thing, then that could be awesome. He could he could lead Tennessee to a lot of really cool things this year. But um I think the mystery makes it exciting. Cedric Tillman's a guy I'm really looking forward to watching. He's a wide receiver from Vegas. Uh, he's looked really good in camp. He's had flashes. He, he didn't get a ton of playing time because they're just older guys ahead of him. Uh, that, that's a lot of this team, though. They A lot of the team coming in, they didn't get a lot of playing time because there were older guys ahead of them that maybe had more experience or they just were headed to the league or whatever. So it's a lot of mysteries. They could, they could come out and just kick ass. Who knows? Um, but I, I reckon we'll, we'll see. I'm not expecting a ton uh, from Josh Heupel in his first season at in Knoxville. Um, I was going through the schedule this morning, and I was like, well, what what could the win-loss uh, record look like? And I kind of settled on six and six, and that doesn't take too much. Uh, you got to win the games. You got to win. You got you to pull out a win against a team like Pittsburgh, which could be a very tough matchup. But that, that's a game at home, win that game. Uh, Pittsburgh lost a lot of talent. Uh, you got to win games against the D1 AA schools and then pull out a win against Vanderbilt and a team like South Carolina. You can go six and six and go to a bowl game, get momentum going, and try to get more positive going into next year. So whether it's Harrison Bailey or Joe Milton, hopefully we can get excited. The orange and white can get going. And I can come on here and I can sing Rocky Talk because I'm so excited. But right now the excitement's at a very low level, which I hate. But uh, hopefully next next Friday I'm more excited about the Vols when they put on a show. They score 100 points, and Bowling Green State has to run back to Ohio. But uh, we'll find out next week, I reckon. Uh, I, I'm hoping you're a little bit more excited about Michigan. Uh, what do you think about the Wolverines? Yeah, uh, I guess you could say a little bit more excited, but not too much more excited. Uh, for starters, Michigan is the team I have the most passion for, a team I'll see up close and personal many times this year. Uh, and this is the lowest expectations I've had for any Michigan football team. And, and a lot of that's because I'm usually able to bury my head in the sand and just tell myself that they'll be good. They're the one team that I can usually do that with, but not really this year. Uh, and I don't really see uh, the talent on the roster capable of competing with some, uh, you know, really the Ohio States of the world. But 
uh, a tough schedule on top of that. Uh, so I think, I think it starts at quarterback. You know, I, I like Caden McNamara. I think he's a really good kid. And I, I just think he's an average college quarterback. Uh, and then meanwhile, his wide receiver room is the same as it was last year, which is not very good. Uh, Giles Jackson is on Washington squad. Now he transferred in the off season. Uh, he was our fastest wide receiver. So now we've, we're running back with a guy, a bunch of guys that didn't help either of guys, our guys last year, Joe Milton or Kate, neither of you guys got a lot of help from our receivers. And then our biggest problem, our corners are like our wide receivers, no different. They're the exact same dudes. We're running it back with those same dudes that got burned, torched by a really bad Michigan State team last year. So uh, I'm not excited about the defense nor the offense. Um, but I'm sure, you know, on a more positive note, I'm sure the defense will be put in more in better positions to win and better positions to do better with Don Brown gone. Uh, we're not going to be sitting in ISO man to man all all year, even if our corners are getting burnt every play. So uh, at least that can be different. But I still don't see that even if you know all of that improves, I don't see the talent uh, they would need to compete with Ohio State, which is really what Michigan seasons comes down to. Uh, you either can compete with Ohio State or it's a broken season. So um, looking at the schedule, uh, I'm looking like potential losses, Washington at Wisconsin, at Penn State, and then at home against Ohio State. And then I, like I said, in the Big Ten breakdown, I think Indiana is, is a really good team this year and should not be overlooked. So somewhere between nine and three and seven and five is where I see Michigan's finishing this year. Uh, and if it's at the bottom end of that, I, I think we could see Harbaugh packing his bags by the end of the year because uh, last year was really tough. Uh, I think Michigan fans are going to give him a pass with, uh, you know, everything that happened last year with the Big Ten season getting canceled and everything. But you're not going to get two seasons in a row of bad football. If, if you're a, a seven and five team this year, I don't I don't see the Michigan fan base being content with it. So uh, kind of upsetting but you know it, it is what it is it's exciting to see you know I'm, I, I'm excited to see what JJ McCarthy can do as a backup quarterback he was a five-star out of IMG really excited to see what he's going to be in his future but uh, as of right now Michigan's close but not not there yet uh, we will move on to the NFL uh, a team you probably have a bit more excitement for this year with the Tennessee Titans uh, what you got for the for the Tennessee team there so I was writing my notes, and when I got to this, I was like, Vol slash Titans, and I started little dashes, and I put, wow, this is like a tale of two Tennessees, as to get poetic, because, man, the balls, the balls suck, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to watch every Saturday or Thursday in Mexico's case. The Titans, on the other hand, I'm going to be excited. I, I'm going to struggle to sleep on Saturday nights. Like I get to watch the Tennessee Titans tomorrow. Um, it almost feels like a blessing after – you got to watch – that's how it was last year anyways. You watch the Vols on Saturday, and it's like, man, that is that, – that's football. That's certainly football. One of those teams out there is playing football. And then on Sundays, you get to watch the Titans, and it's like, oh, this is great. You get to watch King Henry. You get to watch Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. They certainly had a defense last year. I don't know that they knew they were playing football, but they had – this year, they're going to have a very good defense. I have full faith. Last year, Vrabel was calling defensive plays. That will not be the case this year. They have a defensive coordinator. It's made a huge impact in the preseason, which I know the preseason doesn't really matter. But these strides they're making, I'm going to convince myself the preseason does matter. And they've, they've turned a new uh, leaf with defense. Uh, and I, I, I said the Titans, the addition, they got Julio freaking Jones to go along with A.J. Brown, King Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill, 
Chester Rogers, who's had an incredible preseason. I want him to be on the roster so bad. And then Anthony Ferkser at tight end, who's become kind of a Nashville legend. He just puts his head down and plays good football. And then that defense had Bud Dupree and Elijah Molden and Kale Farley in the draft. And, man, they have looked good in preseason, just making plays all over the field. And if they can translate that to the regular season, there is no reason why they shouldn't walk away with AFC South. The Jaguars are super young. They've got talent. They're super young, but they're not going to compete. The Texans are <laughs> the Texans. Are the Texans. They're not going to be good. And then the Colts, I, I, we've talked about, it. they're just kind of middle of the road. But they're going to play with people. The, the Titans should be able to beat them pretty easily. Derrick Henry should run for 2,000 yards again as long as he stays healthy. Ryan Tannehill should tear it up again. Julio and A.J. very well could both go over 1,000 receiving. It could be a very historic season in uh, Nashville. I'm not going to say 17-0, but I'm not not going to say 17-0. I, I think they're going to walk away with the AFC South title. But I think they're going to be right there with the Bills, Chiefs, and Ravens. Uh, trying to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I, I think it's going to be a really, really good year in Nashville, and I am incredibly excited, which means it can all burn down really, really quickly, and it could be a really sad football season. But we're not going to think like that. It's going to stay positive. Titans are going to be really good, and I can't wait to talk about it for 17, hopefully like 22 weeks coming up. Uh, I don't know the exact math that would be, but it's a lot of weeks that I'm hopefully going to be able to talk about the Titans, and they're going to be really good, and it's it's really fun. And I hate to do this to you, but after me talking about my Super Bowl hopes, what are your thoughts about the Lions this year? <laughs> yeah, you're talking about maybe a historic season for the Titans. I think, uh, I've, like I've said uh, multiple times leading up, I think this is going to be a, a historically bad season in Detroit. Um, I've already shared a lot of what I think about this team. No one's looking at this Detroit roster and shaking in their boots. Uh, we're depleted at wide out. We don't have anything left on offense outside of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, we have very little depth, uh, basically every defensive position. And, you know, TJ Hawkinson is probably the only player left on the roster that anyone would even look twice at. So, you know, and the Lions schedule on top of that gets off to a brutal start. We start with the 49ers, Packers, and Ravens in the first three weeks. So that's an 0-3 start to start the season. And uh, looking down the rest of the schedule, uh, I think maybe you can get one game from the Bears, maybe a win against the Eagles, and then maybe a late win against the Falcons if I, if they're actually going to be as bad as I think they're going to be. So two to three wins, that's all I can see. I don't think they win any of those other games. They're going to get swept by the Packers. Uh, the Vikings are way better than them. They've got tough non-divisional games so it's uh, there's no uh, you know two and three wins might even be generous but the the thing that keeps me going about this Lions team is there's no facade of like we're competing for the playoffs this year we're in a rebuild we know we're going to be bad uh, so just make a plan for the future uh, and and get some good draft picks for next year that's all I can ask because I'm not looking for Jared Goff and, and the Lions to to really be competitive this year uh, expect them to be bad don't get fooled by any, you know, maybe wins against the Bears or anything. We're going to be bad. We're and, and I'm okay with that this year, as long as it's moving in the direction of we will be good in the future. Um, so that's my thoughts on the Lions. Uh, tough for both of those teams because I think I'm pretty down on both of those teams. Even for me, I'm a pretty pessimistic guy, and uh, both of those, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the bottom end, the, the, the lower end on both of those teams. Um that will do it, though, for our personal teams. We're going to move on now to our NFL power rankings, uh, breaking into the top five today with numbers eight through five uh, legit contenders for the playoffs in this group. Uh, 
and the second to last grouping before we get into the top four next week. So I will throw it to Dylan. Who do you have at number eight? At number eight, I have a rival of my Tennessee Titans. They uh, they actually beat my Tennessee Titans in the playoffs last year, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think the Ravens are really good, and that's going to go for every team from here on out. Um, they're very good. Lamar, I think, is going to be just as good as he has been the past few years. Um, I think they're really good. They're, they're going to compete. They should win the AFC North. Uh, Cleveland's going to give them a run. Pittsburgh's going to give them a run. I think I – my reasoning for having them today is because that's it is a very very good division because even Cincinnati I think they're going to give people games with the amount of talent they have uh if Burrow can play like he's shown he could he can and he's healthy then Cincinnati's going to give people games um but yeah I think I think Baltimore's gonna be really good I think they're gonna win the north uh but I think there's teams that are just a little bit better than them they're gonna hold them off in the AFC and the overall big picture but yeah Baltimore day Solid pick there for sure. Uh, I waited as long as I could, but I'm going to put the Tennessee Titans at number on the board at number eight. Um, and especially because talking with you these last few weeks, I've been very sold on the direction of this team. I really like it. You know, you add Julio Jones to an offense that already has Derrick Henry, AJ Brown. Uh, it adds up to be a scary set of guys uh, to add with the additions that you've made on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think that if there's one thing that holds this team back in my mind, uh, it's just the Ryan Tannehill. And I've just, just because I've never been sold on the guy to lead a team. And while he's looked great in Tennessee, uh, I just still like there's something in my mind that just goes, no, Tennessee's going to regret this sometime soon. I know they will. It's Ryan Tannehill. So I just, I, I can't convince myself that I'm going to see sustained success from Tannehill for over like two to three years. So I think eight's a really solid spot for them. Uh, I'm hoping for better for you guys. Cause I, I think it would be exciting for the podcast for sure. But uh, eight, I think is a solid spot for Tennessee. Uh, where do you got at number seven? Eight is solid. The Ryan Tannehill, he, he will hear this. It'll motivate him. It's all good. The Titans are not at number seven. The Titans will be coming later for me at number seven. I've got the team on hard knocks. I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I couldn't convince myself to put the Cowboys higher, even though I wanted to. I really like this team. I struggle to find players on this team I don't like because uh, I really like Dak. I like Zeke. C.D. Lamb is a guy that I, as a when he was a freshman at Oklahoma, I was like, this guy's a stud. I can't wait for him to be in the NFL because he's going to be awesome. Um, and then guys like Micah Parsons and uh, Leighton Vanderish on the defense, they're just they're fun guys to watch. They're really good football players. Um, if the Cowboys can stay healthy, they're going to win that division. And they can make noise because, I mean, when we've seen when Dak and Zeke are both healthy, they're lethal together. And then you throw in a guy like C.D. Lamb. I mean, last year when Dak was healthy, they looked like a historic offense. And then obviously Dak went down and it all it all kind of the wheels kind of fell off the train. So um, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be a team to reckon with. I, I don't think anybody wants to see a healthy Cowboys team, except for maybe the fans, because they're really fun to watch and they're going to put up yards and put on a heck of a show. So yeah, the, the Dallas Cowboys at number seven. And I think I just convinced myself that they're better than seven, but that's okay. Um, number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you have at seven? I mean, I love that pick too. I, I'm really high on the Cowboys too. And CD lamb is one of those dudes that I think is still underrated, even though he's typed up so much. I, I swear. I don't think I saw him get tackled at Oklahoma. I don't think I ever turned on the, cause he's got such good balance that he would just, players would just bounce off of him and he would just still run for touchdowns. He, uh, one of the most unbelievable talents I've ever seen. And I think underrated for how good he is. And that's 
that's saying something because a lot of people are really high on CU Lamb. Uh, at seven, I'm going to go with the other LA team. I've got the Chargers, a team that I told Colby that I'm very high on. And, uh, you know, this is a team that I think a lot of a lot of people are having trouble like getting a read on. I've seen them as low as 23 on some of these lists and then as high as the top 10. So, uh, but I'm on the higher side of that list. Obviously I've got them at number seven. Uh, and like I said to Colby, I, I, I see the chargers as what the bills were last year. Uh, you've got a young quarterback. I think he's going to break out in the same way Josh Allen does. And then Joey Bosa and that defense can make it really stand out. And I, I think the mix of talent that LA has, the chargers has makes them the better LA team. I think the Rams are probably a better defensive team. I think LA, the chargers have a little bit more on it either side and that's why i've got them a little higher than the rams uh moving on to number six who you got at number six i like that chargers pick i was not bold enough to put them in my top 10 but i also really like the chargers um at six is a team that like you just mentioned had a breakout last year the buffalo bills that's who i have at six um i like the bills a lot um and that's why they're at six there's only five teams that i think might be better than them and they very well could be in that top five when it's all said and done um I think we lost your audio for a second, Dylan. Uh, did lose Dylan just for a second there. I think you're good now. Am I back? All right, there we go. So Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills at number six. Um, and Stephon Diggs are an incredible duo. Um, they're going to put on a show. Uh, I just think there's a few teams in the AFC that might be a little bit better. A few teams in the NFC might be a little bit better than them. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're really, really good. That defense has been good for years now. Um, but teams are going to have a little bit more film on them. They're going to be ready for them when they're coming out and uh, trying to put up this amazing amount of yards. I think Buffalo is kind of the AFC version of Dallas, if that makes any sense, where they're both just these high, high-powered offenses that can just put on – uh, points in the yardage on people, and I, I really, really like Buffalo, but I think there's a few teams better, and that's okay. But I think Buffalo's going to walk away with that their division pretty easily and uh, get a top seed in the AFC playoffs, and very well could be vying for a Super Bowl this year. Uh, who do you have at six? At six, I've got the Seattle Seahawks in my just outside my top five. Uh, Russell Wilson is just one of those guys I, I, I find it hard to bet against. I don't ever see myself putting a Russell Wilson-led team outside of the top 10 because I always think they have that chance to be elite. That's just what Russell Wilson does. Uh, and they may have the best trio in the league in terms of, you know, they've got Russell Wilson, they've got DK Metcalf, and they've got Tyler Lockett. I think that's like a perfect mix of what you want from two wide receivers and a quarterback. Uh, I just think the defense is a bit underwhelming for what you would expect from a Seattle defense. Uh, that's why I have them out of the top five. Uh, still going to be really solid, obviously. If you're a t- top six team, I don't think you're going to be uh, struggling at any in any phase of the in any phase of the game. But uh, I, I think it's just you know usually Seattle's defenses jumps off the page, and that's what makes their offense look even better. Uh, I think it's the other way around this year, and I don't that just doesn't fit in my mind of what a Seattle team is. So I'm comfortable putting them at six. Uh, rounding out our last one here, who do you have at number five? My number five is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, for a lot of the reasons you just said, I love the trio of Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett. I like a, a lot of the things they do with that offense are just incredible. It's why I always get Tyler Lockett in fantasy because he always puts on amazing performances and wins me games and hopefully wins me money. Um, 
But like you said, that defense just does not pop off the board. And it, it really is a credit to their offense for why they're so high. That offense is just so good that they're going to win a lot of games just outscoring people and not worrying about what the other offense does. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, Seattle versus uh, the Titans, I believe, week two. That's going to be a really, really fun game. It could tell a lot about both teams. Um, but, yeah, I think I think they're the fifth-best team in the league. I think that's a really good spot for them. Uh, they're really, really good. They very well could be vying for another Super Bowl, which it feels like we've been saying that for the last decade or so. Um, so, yeah, that's my number five. Who do you have at five? Rounding out my uh, last one here with the number five pick, I've got Baltimore at number five. Uh, I'm I'm hoping we see the MVP Lamar Jackson back this season. Uh, I think he's the most game-breaking player, probably the most fun player to watch when he is on, and I'm hoping he's on all year. I think their defense is strong as always. It's Baltimore, so it all comes down to that defense, or I mean that offense, uh, and I think some better receivers on this team, they would have been knocking on the door of a top three team because that's, you know, put Lamar Jackson in there with some really solid receivers. If they could have won some of those uh, free agent bids uh, in the off season, they would have been elite coming into the year. Um, but top five is still not, not bad for what they've got. I think we're going to see MVP Lamar Jackson back this year. I think uh, as long as he can stay on the field, uh, you're going to get a lot of good play from Lamar Jackson. So again, rounding out my eight through five, I had the Titans, Chargers, Seahawks, and Ravens. Dylan, what was your eight through five? I have the Ravens of Baltimore, the Cowboys of Dallas, the Bills of Buffalo, and out in Seattle, the Seahawks. All right, perfect. Be on the lookout for those graphics and content coming out surrounding that this week, and be sure to tune in next week as we give you our top four teams, uh, the final reveal of the NFL power rankings coming next week. Uh, this week in sports, we'll be uh, looking forward to a couple of topics surrounding the college football season because it begins tomorrow. We thought we would look forward to the, how the season would play out around the top of the rankings. We will give you our picks for who we think are making this year's college football playoff as well as our favorite to win it. Dylan, we will start with you. Uh, who do you have in your field of four? So I'm going to give you the field of five, kind of like the a teaser, kind of like they always do when they give us our show. So at number five, I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. At number four, I've got the Oklahoma Sooners. At um, number three, whoa, I messed that up. Sorry. <laughs> at number three, I've got Ohio State. At number one, I've got Georgia. And then number four would be USC. I I'm assuming that's what I was writing. I don't know, folks. I messed up my notes. <laughs> Let me scrap that. I'm gonna go with two U uh, SEC teams because I I wrote Cleveland, folks. I, I will take <laughs> this out. I don't think the Cleveland Browns are gonna be in the college football playoffs, but I had Cleveland as the three seed. I don't know what that's all about. So let's go. Let's go. Alabama at four, Oklahoma at three, Ohio State at two, Georgia at one. I don't know what. The Cleveland Browns could be very good in college football, but <laughs> I don't think they'll make the college football playoff. That was a good. Oh, I'm sorry, Clemson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. So yeah, let's yeah, Clemson. So Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. My, my third take. I'll stay with that. <laughs> hey, pro note, future Dylan, if you're listening, don't write CLE for Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> 
idiot. <laughs> I wondered. I wondered. I was like, wait, I didn't hear Clemson in there. Cleveland doesn't seem to be right. Uh, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. That's hilarious. Uh, my top four, very similar. I've got at number four, I've got Oklahoma. Number three, I've got Ohio State. At number two, I've got Clemson. And number one, I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, too easy to pick Saban and Bama to win the whole thing. I expect Bryce Young to be just as insane as Tua was, and I expect them to cruise to another national title. Dylan, who do you think is, you you got Georgia winning the national title? <laughs> Not Cleveland. Um, Ohio State, I guess. I'm going to go with Ohio State. I don't think Georgia will win it because um, I don't want Georgia to win it, really. Um, I like Ohio State's team. I've liked Ohio State teams for the last few years. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with the Buckeyes, CJ, and uh, – Chris Olave, hopefully a future Titan, Chris Olave. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Ohio State. Not yeah. the <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm. I'm just in the same way. I. I can't pick uh, Ohio State to win, even if I do think they were going to win. I'm not going to pick them to win. Uh, finally, we wanted to look forward to the slave games coming on this weekend for the uh five game of the five games on saturday we are most focused on the nebraska versus illinois games the yukon versus fresno state games and the hawaii versus ucla games so college football coming back on we're excited for it dylan what do you got in these three games so i'm going to preview four games because i we talked about before the show but tennessee opens up next thursday against bowling green and i guess i'll start with that little preview into the future uh Tennessee open its season, first season season under Josh Heupel uh, against Bowling Green State. Bowling Green State is really bad. Um, I expect Tennessee to just blow the doors off Bowling Green next week and have a lot of fun, a whole lot of Rocky Top, a whole lot of Joe Milton throwing touchdowns, a whole lot of Harrison Bailey throwing touchdowns because I don't think they're going to name a starter. I think they're going to rotate them in and out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be like a block party in Knoxville, and they're just going to they're going to have a blast at Bowling Green's expense, which sucks for them, but they, they need a win in Knoxville really bad, so – I'm excited to see that. Uh, as far as the games coming up tomorrow, um, I'm going to go with Illinois over Nebraska because um, I think all the pressure's on Nebraska and none at all on Illinois. And it's Brett Bielema's return to the Big Ten. He knows how to win in the Big Ten. Uh, he's <laughs> he's going to do whatever he can to beat Scott Frost in Nebraska, I, I think. And uh, it's going to warm up Frost. Uh, Frost's hot seat will warm up a little bit. Uh, unfortunately for him it'll make entertainment entertaining viewing but i think it's gonna be a really good game it'll probably be the best game of the weekend uh in my opinion and then uh the other two games uh fresno i get fresno state taking down yukon yukon they they certainly play football <laughs> like some other teams i talked about they definitely have a football team but they they struggle uh fresno state's got a good tradition they've played really good football over the last decade or so it seems like i'm echoing that with a lot of teams that's how it goes with football you build something and kind of go on uh, especially with smaller schools like fresno they can just build just a really prestigious uh smaller program and i think they're gonna go and beat uconn and then ucla hawaii very well could be entertaining but i think ucla is probably gonna beat them uh by a pretty healthy margin uh and have some fun saturday night football but uh yeah i've got the bruins I've, i always enjoy uh early season ucla it seems like they always put on a show but um and same with hawaii it seems like hawaii will always put on a show but um I think UCLA will probably win by a healthy margin and uh, and have a good uh, kickoff to the season. What do you think about the first weekend of college football? I love all those picks. I'm going to echo all of them. Uh, I like Illinois over Nebraska. 
and with Scott Frost in Nebraska, it just feels like, and I think everyone can agree with this, it, it just feels like since he's gotten there, not only has the needle not moved at all with him, it, it also went backwards and then it didn't move. Like So like he's already in a worse spot than he was before he got there. Uh, so, and I think that a loss to Illinois to start uh, against Brett Bielema to start this year, I think that puts him firmly on the hot seat. I think people are going to be calling for his job pretty quickly. Uh, UConn returns to the gridiron. They didn't play football last year, and I think they come back to a loss. Uh, Fresno State is one of the best teams in the Mountain West. They have a really solid quarterback in Jake Hayner uh, coming back and combine that with the rust for UConn, and I think uh, it's ripe for a Bulldogs win. And I'm pulling for the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii, one of my favorite mascots of all time, but UCLA is just going to be too much for them to handle. I'm hoping and I'm I'm actually really hoping that Chip Kelly's offense breaks through for that UCLA team this year. Uh, one of the best things about college football growing up was watching that Oregon team running that top speed, no huddle offense. And to then if we could see those baby blue UCLA uniforms running that, I think it would look even just as just as cool as when Oregon was doing it. Maybe not with you know all the different styles that Oregon had, but uh, it would be awesome to see UCLA running that style of football. So I will take UCLA as well uh, to round out my college football picks. Super excited for this season. Super excited for this weekend. It's going to be awesome to get football back. Uh, and I know me and Dylan are super excited for it. Uh, that is going to do it for this all football edition of the Dylan and Dylan show. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we take off? Yeah, I wanted to throw in a best thing I saw and I'll do it real, real quick. But um, I, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, pro wrestling. And Steven has gave me the chance. I've got to write about all elite wrestling, which is a new company. that's uh, come up on TNT and I've been watching it quite a bit since the pandemic started and my, Not the time we wanted to lose your audio there, guy. Uh, we will wait for Dylan's audio to come back really quick. A uh, quick reminder where you can follow us on social media. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at Dylan and Dylan Show. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at underscore TV Sports. Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports. And on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Uh, I... I think I'm here. Uh, I believe you are back. So there, we'll, we'll let you finish up your best thing you saw this week. So I don't know where I got to. The CM Punk returned last week on AEW. And if you haven't seen the video of it, try to find it on um, on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. Because it really is. It's very neat to just see 15,000 people losing their mind at the side of, of this guy. Uh, it, it, it almost gave me goosebumps watching it on uh, Twitter. It's very, very neat. And that, that's the best thing I saw. Uh, just give that a little shout out. Uh, it was very, very neat. I'll, I'll throw on a, a quick thing too. I was trying not to jinx it all, all throughout the last couple of weeks with Miguel Cabrera chasing down home run number 500. I was trying not to say anything because he was having enough trouble on his own getting there, but he finally reached number 500 uh, against Toronto. Then ended up going to 501 against your St. Louis Cardinals a couple of days later, but uh, congrats to Miguel Cabrera awesome career uh chasing down 3000 hits now uh hopefully we can see him do that by the end of the year it, it's going to be tight he's going to need a lot of hits but uh certainly if he gets on the tear he could do it so shout out to Miguel Cabrera and the Tigers uh that will do it for the Dylan and Sh- Dylan show everyone enjoy your first football weekend of the year and we will see you all next week thank you for listening <laughs>